Did you know that disabled people make up 20% of the UK's consumer spend? That's a whopping £260 billion plus every year. But many businesses aren't seeing these figures reflected in their annual turnover. Not because disabled people do not want to spend money with them, but because they're not doing everything possible to be inclusive of disabled people. Because if a business is not inclusive, that disabled customer will simply move on somewhere else. The 30-day inclusion audit package can help you fill those gaps in knowledge by offering you one-to-one -one tailored support. For a one-off fee, you will receive the following. Unlimited access to SE via phone and email for 30 days. A two-hour audit of your physical premises, if it's accessible. Assign tasks to be completed by either yourself or nominated employees to support you to put the theory behind disability inclusion into practice. A detailed report with recommendations on implementation of disability inclusion within your organisation. Included in the report will be the following areas. Your physical premises, your documentation and literature, both internal and external, staff confidence and competence, website and digital media content. To find out more, visit Celebrating Disabilities website at www.celebratingdisability.co.uk and get in touch. Alternatively, click on the link in the description of this episode to book a 30-minute consultation. So hello everyone and welcome again to another recording of Part of Me podcast. So the podcast has been running for a year and a half now. So thank you so much for tuning in and I really, really hope that it's really useful. I've had some really nice feedback um, from some of the listeners. So please continue to send that in. It's really lovely to hear that this is really helpful for you. Um, so today, as usual, we're just going to get on with our interviewee um, and we've got Victoria here for episode 19 to talk to us a little bit about her experiences of her disability. So hello, Victoria. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, it's been lovely. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Me too. So can you just explain to us who you are and what you do for a living? So, of course, I'm Victoria Edwards, and mm -hmm. I do a lot of voluntary-based work currently. Okay. I've worked um, in, within marketing, doing, like, events, um, and just literally a lot of different things. Okay, can you expand on that a little bit? What kind of events do you do? Um, it's mainly events within the arts sector. Right. So, it's trying to make it accessible as much as possible, it kind of the area of the events I run anyway yeah that sounds really good so so are you are you actually um are you designing the events yourself or are you advising people on how to make them a bit more inclusive I've, I'm actually working in working with certain individuals such as making space to actually create events with them so I kind of like create it and then they're like right okay can we actually run this that sounds great that sounds yeah. really really good it is fantastic yeah, I mean, at the end of the podcast, it would be great to get more details um, so that I can advertise that on when I promote this podcast, because I'm sure other people would love to hear more about it, actually. Yeah, it's, making space is a lovely little craft. 
um, place in Lee Park. Okay. Really? in a disadvantaged area and trying to bring arts to basically everyone. Yeah, that's great. Brilliant. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about your disability and how your disability affects you? Yes, yeah, so um, I am classed as severely partially sighted okay. with a brain hemorrhage in 2010, which has left me paralysed on my left side. So I've got a severe weakness, especially within my arm, because, of course, I try to rehabilitate myself as much as possible, which is fantastic. I'm back a lot further than I was. Mm. The, the barriers are sometimes I can get fatigue on walking, like my sight, certain things you can't necessarily see directly especially within a retail setting and shops and things okay okay so so what do you do to overcome some of those challenges the main thing that i do to overcome the, the challenges is either use my sight cane to walk around but a lot of the time i take my time when walking especially around for example if you're running an event is making sure that you know where everything is and that there's accessible routes to go through Mm -hmm. when I'm sitting on the desk and working in the office it's fantastic because you're using a computer which is one of the most greatest things people say with people with sight loss oh you should use a computer well that's actually the best thing you could actually have you can blow things up you can make sure that everything's accessible to you with software it's fantastic yeah I guess you know, people don't often th- they, they, people still have a tendency to clump certain disabilities and categories so if you're if you have this impairment then you surely you can't do that but with things like assistive technology as you say it, it makes it creates a world that, that's really accessible and really easy for people to use because as you said you can have things exactly the way you want them to be yeah, exactly. The adjustments are amazing and there's they, nothing can stop anyone now. Yeah. You can do anything you could set your mind to. That is, that is very true. That's always what I tell people as well. So when you're going to a venue for the first time, how you talked about the challenges of not knowing your way around. So how do you overcome those barriers? It's normally sometimes as I actually ask the individuals that, for example, are trying to sell the space or, for example, are saying, right, okay, this is happening in this venue. I say, right, okay, where is this? Where do I have to go? Is there anything that could be in my way initially? Mm -hmm. And then, for example, again, I back it up with using either a sight cane or somebody else that's with me guiding me through. Yeah. So there's never... And often when you're working within events and trying to create them, you have somebody with you anyway to try and reassure and have like a second opinion. So it's like, oh, no, this is not quite good enough. So it's quite handy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, for me, I've, I've recently started, I'm physically disabled myself. My, my impairment is a mobility impairment. And for me, um, recently I've started doing more stuff on my own without personal assistance just because um, I feel as though I can be slightly more myself. Um, when I'm on my own and I don't have to worry about being able to find people to come with me um, but um, those kind of, I think it opens the conversation up a bit more saying to the person I'm going to be meeting okay this is the support I'm going to need and it doesn't have to be big things but this is this is my um, access requirements um, and sometimes it helps people kind of settle in and, and become a bit more easy with me straight away do you find that or do you think that causes extra barriers I think if for me it's being very open with the individuals but certain individuals if you're too open to then they suddenly go 
oh, okay. And then they start almost babying you because, of right. course, my age as well. They're like, oh, it's okay. And then you're like, no, I'm not, I can actually speak. I do have sound mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been in this kind of environment before. I, do, I yeah. did get here without your help, so I'll be fine. I just need a bit of this. Absolutely. <laughs> do you, th- I mean, talking about attitudes, do you find attitudes a barrier at all? Or do you generally find that people are very open? Within the arts sector, especially, and also with me working with Toucan Diversity, um, it's everyone seems to be very open. But there are times where individuals have almost been too shy to ask about disabilities and things like that. And, they don't really understand it, so they're kind of shy towards people. So they won't really interact as such. So I guess that could be kind of like a social barrier where people are too nervous to speak. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you? What would, what do you do, and what would you suggest in those kind of situations? I normally end up going over to the individual and just being how starting a conversation with them, and they're like is it okay to ask you some questions? I'm like, of course, yes, I'm completely open to that. Yeah. I'm trying to break down the barriers. Yeah. I mean, I suppose with your work with Toucan Diversity, um, actually, for those who don't know, do you mind just explaining a little bit about Toucan Diversity and what they do and what you do with them as well? Yeah, sure. So um, Toucan Diversity is a disability equality training for um, businesses or individuals who really want to understand disabilities more and they cover a range of that and for me I work on their um, digital marketing but also I'm training to become one of their secretaries and a trustee okay so it's fantastic that they've given me those opportunities to grow within Toucan Mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant Brilliant. So when you're delivering training with Toucan, um, do you find, I mean, you were talking before about sometimes people, you know, don't want to ask or feel uncomfortable. How do you break down those barriers in your training sessions? I think I've been along to a few training sessions and really observed them. And I think it's people come there and they're like, in their mindset, they're like, okay, it's okay to ask. And Mm -hmm. we're very open and we basically say, please ask the questions here because we know know we're not going to be offended at all. Yeah. Like, ask them, please. Yeah. It's really fantastic to get all the questions out and some of them that you think are absolutely crazy to think. But a lot of the time you're like, I'm really happy you actually asked that. Yeah, and I and I guess if you've never if you, and I guess if you've never had the opportunity to ask the question before, then no question's a silly question, um, exactly. because a lot of people haven't come across disability before. So that question for them is you know the most important one. So if you were giving advice to managers supporting disabled people, I mean, I do think I'm thinking of all our other interviewees that we've had on the podcast. I think. You're, um, you're one of the first people that have worked in events and also delivered training as well, which is brilliant. Um, so if you're going to give advice to managers that are supporting um, a disabled person, perhaps with a sight impairment, what would be your advice? My biggest advice would be always ask the individual. Okay. Exactly that, that is the, my biggest thing because they will open up and say, actually, I may need... Uh, computer so that I can enlarge things and things or I may need um, extra breaks like an extra five minute break Mm -hmm. every now and then just to reset my body and everything so if you ask the individual every individual will be different I can't say one thing for me will be exactly the same to somebody else absolutely okay brilliant the biggest thing for me is always saying that there is access to work like you know and they can get funding from the government to help people into work 
Yeah, I think I think that that's one of the things that you know is still you know one of those really unknown subjects. So I talk about it a lot on this podcast and in my training and the work that I do, and I'm sure you do as well. But it's still it's still one of those things that's really unknown, and I think it opens up a lot of doors when people understand a bit more about access to work. Um, so thank you very much for bringing it up today. No, that's absolutely fine. It's one of my biggest things from the experience I've had within what different work environments certain individuals have been hesitant to employ me and then I've said actually I do I can have these things from access to work you don't necessarily have to pay out a small fortune for it all yeah yeah that's my biggest thing is pushing it out there and saying actually I'm no different to the other individual who is completely able-bodied yeah just come with some extra stuff yeah exactly which obviously is is a is a bonus for the employee as well, the employer, sorry, because they're getting not only your um, professional skills, but your personal skills that you've gained from lived experience of disability as well. Um, and all those extra business skills that come along with that as well. Yeah, exactly. All the experience that you've actually gained. Yeah. Knowledge as well. And you may actually then end up becoming a disability advocate within your um, company and things, actually making people see the company is more approachable. Even yeah, absolutely. In instances. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, great. No, that's brilliant. Excellent. Thank you. So what advice would you give to disabled people um, in the workplace? Is the most important thing that I say to them is always say if something's not right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the biggest thing. If something's not right for you, you open up and ask. Other people might be able to help you find a way around it. Never feel that you're on your own in that, oh, my God, you're the odd one out. And, yeah. Oh, you seem to be needing more. And, oh, I'm not sure about that. Because that is the biggest thing for me. There's so many individuals who I spoke with that are my friends. And they're like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Oh, should I mention that? And I'm like, well, you should. Because the biggest thing is being more open will then allow them to help you more. I, I completely... Make you an even better self within them in the employment environment i completely agree i 100 percent agree with that um and again you know I, I can only second that from my personal experience years ago when i you know first went into the workplace as a disabled person i think i apologized for everything for breathing hot for time um and you know didn't expect anyone else to have to take any responsibility but you know life got so much better the minute i i accepted the fact that my disability was something to be celebrated um and was a huge part of who i was and added so much to the work environment oh yeah exactly that's my biggest thing is saying that your the things that you carry are actually more experience and more advice that you can give others yeah and that's my biggest thing Brilliant. You shouldn't be ashamed of it. Absolutely. <laughs> like I, I think that's great advice to give to people. Um, okay, so we're just going to change um, the tone. So thinking about yourself as a consumer, um, buying a product or service, what would you say was your biggest barrier? I think my biggest barrier would be, for example, not being able to see the physical actual item itself. So, for example, whether it's an item or service, whether you're in a hotel... You can hear lots of things about the hotel or you can hear lots of things about like a specific beauty product or things. But when you're actually trying to use those items, it can be quite a challenge Mm. on a product. The writing could be really, really small. If you don't have anything with you to help you see that, then that can be a challenge. Or if you're using a service that have never thought of around the disabled aspect of it and saying, oh, well, that person may need more signs and things like that to see where they're going. Um, and that happens within general. So 
Yeah, but I think the biggest thing for me overcoming that is really being able to either ask the person next to me if I've actually forgotten a product or something, or even like a member of staff saying, hey, what's that? Uh, or, for example, using a magnifier on your phone. Okay. It's a fantastic adaption. I do love it. I use it all the time. It's brilliant. Um, I, I think... My apologies. Sorry. No, it's fine. I was just going to say, I think, you know, I think, I mean, there's so much there I would like to unpack a bit more, but I think the last thing you said was really good advice as well, using the things around you that already exist on your existing technologies to help you, like the magnifier on the phone. Um, I would never have thought of that, but, you know, it's such a simple solution, really. It really is. I think in the modern age and that lot of some people don't like to bring out all this high tech stuff because it makes it for them it makes them feel very different and even for myself I'm like right okay uh, for me I'm like okay that, that makes me look a little bit strange at times but I'm like I need it I need it that's it so exactly it, using on your phone it's fantastic because you're like really subtle and it's like you're just taking a photo of it but actually you're reading it yeah yeah and it <laughs> means that you can you can continue your independence um and and do the things the way you want to do it how you want to do it as well exactly it's really fantastic and i mean the little things that you can actually find these days and i'm finding something new every day that's really accessible and helping me using mm-hmm. like for ex- yeah Okay, you can say, for example, sorry. Yeah, no, no, I'm like saying, um, for example, I can't think now. <laughs> there's so many things, there's so, so many things. For, for me, some of the things exist, you know, um, for example, on, on iPhones, with Siri on iPhones, just being able to, say, I know it's been around for ages now, but just being able to simply um, type out a text message by talking into my phone um, is really, really helpful, especially on things like car journeys and in trains, where the motion is so much that I can't actually get my finger on the button. Um, it's really, really handy. Yeah, no, exactly. I think for the big thing for me is I'm also dyslexic, so using Siri and just saying a word in it, and then suddenly it spells it for me, and I'm like, yeah. fantastic. I now know how to do that one. Yeah, and yeah. I've used that too many times, and often in workplaces, they go, oh, yeah, I've got your phone out, and I'm like, Oh, it's just my dictionary, don't worry. Yeah, I'm not bored, don't worry. Um, So so going back to what you were saying earlier about being a consumer, you were talking about a little bit about the signage as well. Just tell me a bit about that from your experience. Well, for me, the signage can often be, and I think this is for general people, is often some environments are not very well signed. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking, right, okay, for example, when you need the toilet, it's like, where are they? in a little carny pub or a restaurant area. So you always end up having to go and ask somebody. So the idea of having something there, and I mean, some signs can be in certain texts that are really hard for people to see, especially with sight issues. So again, it's just, I think for me, is that that is quite a barrier, but to overcome it, I just ask the person next to me or ask the person near me, even a member of staff and say, actually, where is this? And they normally give pretty good directions. Yeah, as long as they don't point, I suppose, over there. <laughs> <laughs> when they say pointing, you're like, um, where are you pointing? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, would you, so if you had the option of having to ask people or having the right signage so that you didn't have to ask anyone, which one would you opt for? I think for me, for independent things, I don't mind either, but I think... The idea of having proper signage that 
like very clear for people to see I think would actually help a lot of people because some people are very shy and don't like asking as much as me yeah so I think it would have to be that for others okay but having a combination of both so having the staff members that are still willing and helpful um to help you to get where you want to go would still be really helpful I think as well Oh, definitely. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Mm. Okay. And also, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, I mean, we were talking about you buying products or services, and I think that you, um, reading between the lines, it sounds like you were talking more about being in the physical shop, in the physical space. But how do you find um, web shopping, so shopping on the internet? Shopping on the internet, because, of course, the adaptions in computers these days, it's fairly easy to do. Mm-hmm. You can enlarge an image in uh, most instances and actually see what it is. But when you're reading the blurb, again, you can zoom it up. So there hasn't really been much of a barrier of online shopping. Often these days as well, you can actually, there's a little box that comes up in the corner. Yeah. That you can have like a conversation or a video chat with an individual to help you more. Yeah. So I think that's really broken down the barriers that were there in the first place. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, how do you find, because lots of people say to me that the alt tags are always not co- consistent or not correct. How do you find things like captioning and alt tagging and things like that? a challenge but there's nothing that you can overcome mm-hmm. really I think for me is there's certain things that you can do on your computer um, I've learned to become a, a little bit of a computer geek <laughs> when it comes to all these kinds of things you find out all sorts that you can do on computers <laughs> when you really do the searching and you can block certain things that happen and pop ups and things which is always handy from time to time it depends on the computer and how yeah. you can block it yeah. but you can at times yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. Okay, brilliant. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, so we're coming to the end of the interview now. Is there anything else you would like us and the listeners to know? I don't really think so. I think for me, it's just that there is always a way to do something and there is always an opportunity there. You just have to be very open and be more flexible to speak about the things that you find difficult to then have other people as well try and help find a solution it's not it shouldn't always be just you yeah trying to find a solution yeah no I, I mean I think that's great advice for both disabled people and for managers as well because I think sometimes um, people feel the pressure on the other side as well as a manager of an organization to have all the answers and obviously like we were saying before if if you've never come across it before then you're not going to know the answer and as you said rightly so that no two disabled people are the same um so our needs as disabled people you and i are going to be very different so i do think that that's really helpful advice for managers as well as disabled people to actually you know not be afraid to ask for help um so thank you very much for that no, thank you. Um, if, do you have any, are you on, um, I know that you're on LinkedIn, but are you on Twitter and Facebook or any of these other social medias? Yes, I'm also on Facebook. Okay. Um, again, it's just standard name, Victoria Edwards, and Twitter, I think I'm Vicky Edwards. Okay, brilliant. No. So what I'll do is I will add those links in. So if people want to find out more about you, um, and we won't advertise Stuken Diversity because they are celebrating disability competitors, um, but they are very, they're a very good organisation. I have 
um, actually gone and sat on some of their training, which is really good. I sat on a training session where Medissa was delivering some training. So that was brilliant, actually. She is very, um, very good. She's great. So, um, yes, thank you so much, Victoria, for your time. Um, and, yeah, please feel free to come on the podcast again in the future. No, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> okay. Have an update. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What's been going on? What's been happening? Um, okay, great. Well, thank you very much. No, thank you. Okay, and bye, everyone. <laughs>